What's up, you guys? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Brunch with Des B. Today, the B stands for bush. Okay, maybe not like all bush, but we are talking all things vaginas today. And I'm so excited that I can say that out loud and not get like demonetized or like in trouble, so to speak, um, because it is so empowering this conversation that we're going to have today. Um, you guys are going like, literally you're going to love it. This podcast was so fun to record. Um, and who you're about to meet Lydia. Um, she is so sweet. She is an empowered black women's health advocate. Um, all things, sexual health, all things, vaginas, all things, Maybe, maybe a little bit of penis, but more so just relating back to women's health and how we need to take care of ourselves. She is a birth and postpartum doula, a VBAC practitioner, um, and she's also in school to um, finish her graduate degree um, to go on to be an OBGYN. Um, so she has a lot of just education. She is a really an, an uh, example of someone who took a passion that she found out she had at a very young age and turn it into a practice and a way to empower us women to know who the fuck we are. Girl, we are so we are so cool. We have the coolest anatomical parts you could ever imagine. Um, so I'm very excited to have Lydia on. Um, you guys are literally gonna love her. So before I get into it, I want you guys to go follow her right the fuck now. Like literally you will not regret it. She puts out fire fucking content. Her Instagram is labor dot with dot love labor dot with dot love labor with love um lydia h mph candidate um that is who you'll find um in her current profile picture she's like drinking a coffee so (laughs) just make sure you have the right person she has such great information um information on am i normal down there how do i clean down there she does great um reels how to be a hoe safely um, are you pro-life, pro-choice? Is it safe to swallow? Um, pH balance in vaginas, postpartum um, punani care, how to, you know, get UTIs to go away. Just literally so much fucking good content. She deserves so much more clout than she has. Um, so I'm just, I'm really excited to have her on. This is going to be such a fun episode. What prompted this was actually on my sunscreen and sarcasm account, Someone asked about cleaning themselves down south and I shared it and it, it caused an uproar of people not even really understanding how the fuck we need to be cleaning our, our vulvas slash our vaginas, you know, people thinking it's the vagina when it's not like (laughs) anatomy, it's crazy. So anyways, we are going to talk about all things coming up. We're talking about how to get wet, how to clean ourselves, how to clean our toys, how to trim down there? Do we need to shave? Do we need to wax? What products to use? Are you using the wrong fucking soaps? Because bitch, I might be. Okay. Um, and then we're talking about yeast infections, how to take care of yourself, um, the microbiome of your vagina. Literally nothing but vagina talk. It is so fun. You guys are going to love it. Um, quick housekeeping. I'm so excited for this coming week, guys. You guys know today. Um, let me make sure I have my, (laughs) my actual date, right? Okay. Today is Sunday, the 21st on the 26th at midnight. This is Friday, black Friday at midnight, four weeks, four gains program drops. If you are someone that wants this fucking program, $48, 48 hours only midnight to 1159 PM. 
on Saturday, uh, midnight on Friday, 11.59 p.m. Saturday. Um, this is an available program. We're going to do four weeks together all through the holidays. It takes us right up to Christmas together. And then you guys are going to get a special opportunity to join six weeks to slay for cheaper. Okay, so if you're interested in savings, along with the opportunity to be in a community, we're going to do mini challenges, we're going to do giveaways, it's going to be dope, um, then you need to get in on this. Okay, if you're also someone who's on the fence about doing a six-week challenge, this is your opportunity to kind of see, do I want to be involved in this community? The answer is obviously going to be fucking yeah. However, I want you to feel confident in your decision. Um, so this goes on sale Friday at midnight. If you are someone who is wanting this program, you don't want to miss out and you want to take care of business and you want to crush it, you need to pre-register today. This does absolutely fucking nothing except make sure that you get this link and you do not miss it in your inbox. Just don't fucking do it, okay? We're not going to spam you. This is simply just you signing up to be like, hey, I'm down. I need the link and I don't want to fucking miss it. That is going to be in the show notes along with how to get a hold of Lydia, how to find her content, etc. So you guys definitely need to make sure that you check the show notes for this episode. Um, that is dropping, like I said, Friday, four weeks. The workouts are fucking dope, at-home friendly, um, along with modifications for pregnancy too. I did a really, really intricate job doing this because I knew... In my pregnancy, I wanted to be able to do this with you guys, and I wanted you to feel comfortable doing it. So even if you were to find out you're pregnant, guess what? You can still use this plan. Here we go. Um, nothing else. You know, we got merch. I'm probably going to have a Cyber Monday sh- sale, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, and if you guys are interested in the Black Friday sales going on, literally every company that I'm with is running them right now. Like, Black Friday is early for everyone, mostly because of supply chain issues, um, and you guys know the issues that COVID brought on last year, well, they're seeping into this year. Okay. So if you're interested in anything Black Friday, literally no matter where the fuck you're at, just put in code Desby. (laughs) And then for Alani Nutrition BOGO that is still going on, you have to use my link. That's pretty much the only thing you have to use my link for. Um, AlaniNew.com slash Desby. All right. That that's everything else. You can still use my code per usual. Petula, Buff Bunny, Paragon, et cetera. Um, And Tula. Tula, Um, I think that the 25% off is done today, um, but they might have a last minute Black Friday sale. I'm not sure. I can genuinely tell you that I don't know. Um, Anything that I do know, I told you guys. So I think that's it. I'm so excited. Um, Turkey week this week. I hope you bitches are ready to eat. Not just kidding. Um, Kind of. I don't know, dude. I'm excited for some fucking pumpkin and I will be transparent with you guys. I'm very excited for this Thanksgiving because my family is back like we're all back together and we are actually having a chef come in and do Thanksgiving for us um I found a really awesome chef out of Kalamazoo Michigan and um I was like I want you to come put on Thanksgiving for my family I want to host for the first time ever in my whole life um and ever since my grandparents have passed um they really were like the glue that held us together to all get together and so I wanted to make sure that I could host and make everyone come together So I'm very excited. Um, And I will be transparent too. It was not that expensive. I was expecting it to be like a lot of money. Um, And it was, it was a couple, I mean, it it was just shy of a thousand. Okay. I'll tell you guys that very transparently, but I would do fucking anything for my family, period, period. Um, And also this guy that is coming, um, he's the sweetest man and he has 
a family that he wants to provide for. And I love that I'm able to use him and his small business and his passion to be a chef um, to give him money. And I'm going to be tipping him very fucking well, period, period. So anyway, let's talk about periods. Just kidding. We're just going to be talking about vaginas. Um, But I'm so excited. Let's get into it with Lydia. This is a power-packed episode. Sit the fuck back. Grab your vibrator. Grab your jewel. Grab your drink. Get ready to flick the bean. And let's get into the episode. Hello. Hey. Hi. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing. Thank you for joining on. Um, <laughs> it was of so course. funny. I I was um, thinking of like what we would end up calling this podcast. And all I can think of is like literally vagina 101. Like I don't right. <laughs> like welcome to classes in session. <laughs> exactly. No, you're, you're totally right. Um, I was thinking about that myself and I'm like, you know, we're basically going to be talking about vaginas in all ways, shape and form. Uh, <laughs> what a vagina is, what a vulva is, you know, different states of vaginal health. So yeah, I think vagina 101 is perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. I feel like if I think back even to like when I took sex ed, right? Like as a kid, mm-hmm. you're sitting there and maybe the sixth grade, at least for me, sitting, learning about what a menstrual cycle is, what a period is, whatever. It's like, we never really, unless you went to school for health, right. we never really dove into what, what, what we have, you know, like anatomically, mm-hmm. like, I feel like we, I don't know. It's it, it like, did you have a better experience in, in school? Like maybe even as a younger kid, do you feel like you were educated in a good uh-huh. way? I went, okay, I, I experienced sex education um, in Texas, in a small okay. town in Texas, because okay. my dad's in the military. So at the time we were stationed there. And yeah, no, um, we, I think we had to fill out a worksheet, I want to okay. say. And it was a incorrect model of the vagina and uterus and all of it is connected, which by the way, we can get into the <laughs> fact that the common like figure that you see for what the reproductive system looks like is wrong. Um, Great. Good, good starter. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, we were taught, you know, very traditional Texas sex education, which is abstinence, no Mm -hmm. sex, no sex, no sex. We were not taught about condoms. We were not taught about consent. We were Mm -hmm. not taught about anything. We were shown a tampon demonstration. We were shown a jumbo pad or a maxi pad and we were shown a video um, of a woman giving birth and being like, you don't want to be like this and have your vagina ripped open, right? Oh okay, my- then don't have sex. <laughs> what? In sixth grade. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. I, I couldn't imagine learning that way first off. And then second, I didn't even think about the experience state to state. Um, yeah. and that's something that can obviously misconstrue a lot of things. So, um, yeah, interesting. And what a way to open up of just both of us going, yeah, we don't know who, what we even have. Like we were, right. we, we just kind of grow into it. And even then a lot of women still don't know how to take care of themselves. They don't know what the pelvic floor is. They don't know what incontinence is and how to prevent it or how to make it, you know, not as bad or whatever it might be. So I'm, I'm so right. excited to have you 
on today. I'm so glad that I found your page and I just, I, I know I've already told you this, but um, I just, <laughs> I love your content. It's so easy to read. It's swipeable. It's fun. I think one of Thank my favorite you. posts of yours was how to hoe safely. <laughs> yes. How, that, to, yes how, how, how to be, be a, a hoe safely. safely. Because to me, one thing that I found is that a lot of the sex educators out there that are talking to women and, you know, putting out a lot of great info, the number one tip is don't have sex. Reduce partners. Yes. You want, yeah, yeah, you want to, you want to have less infection. You want to have less pain and whatever, then have less partners. And to me, I'm like, you know, I know a lot of very healthy, well-adjusted people who have a lot of sexual partners and keep Mm -hmm. their vaginas in tip top shape. Okay. And (laughs) yeah. And to me, I'm like, to be quite frank, you want to know a good, how to keep your vagina safe and healthy. Why don't you ask a porn star? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they want to know (laughs) how to keep your body shaved or have your, you know, your body with less hair healthily. Ask a stripper. Yeah. This is their profession. Like, and to me, I know that's kind of going off on a tangent, but um, it's, it's so true. And I think that, you know, saying and preaching to have less sexual partners, as I said in the post, is literally just the abstinence conversations, little sister. Mm. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's the same way of saying it without being like that much of a dick. Right. (laughs) Yep. Like I'm not going to be a full on ass, but just stop having sex. Um, Okay. Well, before we dive in deeper, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, please keep talking. This is interesting. I'm here. I'm a woman. Let's go. (laughs) Tell my audience a little bit about you how you got into doing what you do, why you're passionate about it, what your dreams for education is, whatever it might be, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, for sure. So I have always been very interested in sexual health. Um, I've always been interested in women's health in general and just kind of the dynamics that, you know, all of these different facets of my identity play into that. I've always been very aware of my race and my gender and the roles that they play in the way that people treat me and the way that people communicate with me. Um, And I do not ask me why, I cannot tell you where this, you know, interest came from. But every time I learned something new about the body as I was growing up, maybe when I started at like 13 years old was the first time I learned the, I heard the term vulva. And I was like, what? There's a whole other word. This is a whole other part. Like it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And since then, anytime I learned something new, like I learned what a yeast infection was, and then I learned what bacterial vaginosis was. And then I learned that there's a difference between them. And then I learned what BDSM is. And then I like, I'm just learning all these things that are just being like, like plucked from different areas. Okay, Cosmo Magazine, and then my mom is watching Sex in the City, and they're talking about butt plugs or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, whoa, what is all this stuff? And so I've always been that person, that Googler. If I don't know it, I'm going to Google it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it gave me and it equipped me with a huge arsenal of information that I have sought out on my own. And despite my extreme interest in sexual health and sex education, I was not sexually active for a long time. And I found that my peers who were incredibly sexually active in real life had no sex education. Like my friend, I'm a freshman in college. I've never had sex. I've never been on a date. I've never kissed a boy. And I have 
friends who have body counts out the wazoo, like just, you know, totally experienced and they don't know what a yeast infection is. They don't know that the pull-out method doesn't work or that it works a certain way, you know, mm-hmm. that there's, it's a fallacy or they don't know just a lot of things. And I'm like, but you're doing it. What do you mean you don't know? And it really taught me, it, it, it really taught me that like, yeah, there are people out there, a lot of people, a lot of women who are out here doing this stuff and just are existing in a subpar existence mm-hmm. because they're not educated. And what you were saying earlier about how we don't know our anatomy, we don't know what a pelvic floor is, we don't know about incontinence. It's so sad, but when we go to our community, our mothers and our cousins and our aunts and our older friends, they are all suffering. We're all suffering and we all think that it's normal. And so we normalize this subpar existence. Mm. And that is why I felt the need to create my page because one, I didn't see anyone doing it like I wanted it to be done. Like those little nuanced phrases, using gender neutral terms when I can, being very intentional about the fact that when I'm talking about vaginal health, I'm talking about if you own a vagina, okay, you may be a trans man, but you still bleed every month. Mm -hmm. So we need to talk about that. Or if I'm talking about a women's health problem, as in the way that women get catcalled, the way that women get sexually harassed, you know, you may be a trans woman and you go through that. Right. You you can get assaulted. You can get, you know, you are a victim of sexism all the time as well. So this woman stuff applies to you. So I'm the, I mean, I can't say I'm the only one. I don't know everybody, but I didn't see that need being fulfilled. And I especially didn't see it being filled for black women um, whose rates for literally everything are so disproportionate. Um, that it's ridiculous. Like if you see a stat about anything having to do with women and it's a shitty statistic, I promise you it is like anywhere from twice as bad to 45 times as bad for a black woman. And that is ridiculous. And I was like, you know, this is something that I need to do. So when I became a doula, it kind of gave me a platform. And at that point, when I became a doula, I was sexually active at that point. And so I felt like I had some authority like you know i had mm-hmm. some something to stand on now okay i'm experienced right. you know, i can talk about this now i'm not just talking out of my ass and um yeah that's what really got me to be like okay i have an excuse to make this account now i'm a doula so this is for my business but let's take it a step further and let's make sure my my whole goal was to reach a woman who is i mean God willing, in the future, reach a woman in her teens or as you know, in her young adulthood and educate her so she's already equipped with the knowledge um, that you get when you're pregnant. There's so I'm sure you know there's so much prenatal education that women could benefit from before they're ever pregnant. And so I want women to be educated and then get pregnant and have been following me for months and months or years and years and then be like, okay, I want you to be my doula and I'm already educated because I've been following you. And that actually happened to me for the first time um, with a client back in March or April, I want to say. She told me that she had been following me kind of pretty much from the start of my account and that she found out she was pregnant. She wanted to hire me instantly. And we are, you know, we have a great relationship and I just love her to pieces. And that that solidified my entire goal. So my ultimate goal is to become an OBGYN. Okay. Um, I'm on the pre-med track and I'm a grad student right now because I've discovered that 
I don't want to be an asshole doctor to just cut that dry. Right. <laughs> um, and I really want to give back. So I, I'm getting my master's in public health so that I can learn the tools I need to not be an asshole and also um, to start a nonprofit or help support a nonprofit that I like and actually be really impactful and intentional about my work um, over the course of my life. So wow. yeah, that's me. I love, no, I love that. I, I have to say, I remember a few years back, my husband's cousin was in college and at first um, she really wanted to be a gynecologist. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I mean, it's such a, in my opinion, from at least where I am surrounded by, it's a taboo field to just be like, oh yeah, I'm a gynecologist. Like I've never really <laughs> met one in like life other than at the doctor, or at least, you know, you don't, I've never been in a conversation. Where I'm like, what do you do? Right. And they're like, I'm a gynecologist. So when I heard her, you know, say this, you know, years, years ago, um, I remember being like, oh my gosh, like, how do you find that passion of <laughs> um wow this is what I, this is what I want to do um, vaginas, I, right. yeah, vaginas. <laughs> however I will say even after having a child I can 100% see how you mean in that term of giving back um, because you kind of go through this different part of life where you well for me I had to learn it you know because I'm like right. whoa something's about to happen <laughs> down there um but to to just enjoy the human body and appreciate it now I can understand why people go into that field um and especially yeah. women you know we we need women in that field you know, we need she, her in that field. Um, Mm -hmm. what, you know, whatever it, whoever you are, but, um, I love that you're, uh, a person with so much passion going into it. Um, if you were my doctor, I'd be like, yay, Dr. Lydia. (laughs) That's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I want. (laughs) Well, I love it. And yeah, so I'm very excited, like I said, to to have you on and have um, a different perspective because, you know, it's as much as I've given birth it doesn't mean that I, I know anatomy way more. If anything, after giving right. birth, you know, you kind of realize you're like, holy shit, I'm clueless on what is going on down there. Um, yeah. Besides, you know, just sticking something in to make it happen, obviously. So I have some questions from my audience um, that I think would just be kind of like good little icebreakers to get into it. We'll kind okay. of bop around, have fun. <laughs> um, but I think what I really want to start with, and this is because it was my whole premise of finding someone, is can we please talk about how we need to be properly taking care of ourselves down there? Hygiene, cleanliness, what products do we use? I personally use Honeypot Co. I know a lot of people do. Is is there actually a quote good cleaner for down there? Um, what let's just talk talk all things vaginal cleanliness. Yes. So um, I will say that honeypot is not at the top of my list um, for things that that are great. (laughs) (laughs) I have never had the privilege of trying their pads. um, And I hear that people love them, but all in all, like it it all comes down to the ingredients. And Mm -hmm. um, in terms of not even talking about specific brands, but the style of soap and how they get it to that consistency is already something. So on a scale of good to bad, good would be bar soap because it's the most condensed. It has the least amount of ingredients. Next is a gel soap. So like a liquid soap um, because the things that make it a, a liquid are not the best for your body. And then okay. in last place are a foaming cleanser. 
um, the, the ingredients that make something into a foam, usually in general, are, are not super good for the sensitive skin on your vulva. So that is just a general like, you know, if you're looking for green flags in a soap, the less ingredients, the better. Um, and just using something very, very neutral and simple. I use Dove um, bar soap for sensitive skin, unscented. Okay. So no scents, no sugar. So anything that starts with a GLYC, glycerin, or glucose, or glucogen, any of those things, um, you want to avoid because those are sugars. And basically what you're trying to avoid is an infection or a foul smell, right? And mm -hmm. foul smell doesn't come from sweat or from you being dirty per se. It comes from the bacteria that's located there feeding on the sweat and on the things that are around like sugar in a soap. That's why your armpits smell. Mm -hmm. It's not the sweat, it's the bacteria feeding on that sweat. So um, that's how you avoid a smell that could incentivize you to use a scented soap. It's all kind of a downhill trek, um, but you really wanna be using something unscented and very, very neutral. And if you find that you still have a smell, like I remember one time I asked on my page, hey, what does your vagina smell like? Or what's the craziest thing that your vagina has smelled like? And people literally said McDonald's fries. Oh like, no. Like oily <laughs> French fries. Yes, yes. And, and that's a very real thing. Like, I did not understand what she was saying until I started eating so poorly for like two weeks. And I was like, wow, okay. So embarrassing to admit, but I see what she's talking about. Let me get myself in order. And poor diet and not drinking enough water and not exercising can lead to a foul smelling or just a less than neutral or good quote unquote um, smelling vagina and vulva. So don't rely on this you know, tahini island scented or rose scented <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> soap, right? To make yourself smell good. You need to be eating dark leafy greens and vegetables and whole foods and lots and lots of water. That's how you make your vagina smell good. So um, when we're talking about cleaning, right. how, what, what are we using? Hands? Are we padding? Are we rub? What is, can we, can we <laughs> so, talk to? I know you have a great yes. post, which I'll also share to the brunch page when this episode goes live. Um, however, yeah, what what is the best? Are we using a washcloth? Are we using a loofah? Are, what does that look like? Yes, okay, so um, if you're listening to this, I want you to take your hand and look at your own palm, the palm of your hand, and your middle finger, fingertip is your clitoris, and the wrist, your wrist is your uh, butthole, okay? This is your vulva, right? And we're looking at it. You want to use a rag on the pinky portion and the thumb portion of your hand or vulva. This is going to be your uh, outer lips, your outer labia or your labia majora on the outside. And when you actually move in between your outer lips and your inner lips, you want to just use your fingers. So I find, especially if I've been like working out and just like having a crazy, crazy day, that there can be some buildup in there. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you don't want to use a rag per se. It's not a totally bad thing if you use a rag, especially like a, a microfiber one, like a very sensitive one. Um, but I use my fingers in that area and I literally separate my lips and rub with my finger in that little area. And when I rub on the outside, I'm using soap and I use the runoff from the soap. 
um, just to, you know, kind of clean in there. I don't add any more because you don't need a lot of soap the closer you get to your actual vaginal opening. Um, and you do not put anything inside of your vagina, even water. Your vagina does not need water. <laughs> it doesn't need, <laughs> doesn't need a sip. <laughs> yeah, it does not. I promise you. Um, your body is amazing at taking care of itself. And if we just do our part, your body will do its part. Um, so that's what you really wanna do. And you wanna make sure that you're always moving in a downward motion. And once you get to cleaning your butt, do not go back to your vulva. Uh, it's the Oof. same thing as when you wipe, you know, I find that people even during sex can have a, a, a bad habit of kind of going back and forth between the, the front oh door gosh. and the back door. And that's, yes. not, that's not it. So that's another part of hygiene. Um, and avoiding infection is always going from top to bottom or from front to back if you're standing, you know, in a shower um, and making sure that you are rinsing. And sometimes I will even just let the water flow down my vulva and just like either lean back and like push my pelvis forward or like bend over from the back. Either way, totally. I let the and water flow. Totally fair. So and now if we're thinking about we're going back to the topic of good nutrition, avoiding smell, cleanliness. What, what is the best way? Cause I know people ask about, um, number one, showering after sex. Is it that important? And then number two, is there actually things that can make us taste better down there? <laughs> I know that's a two loaded part. So let's start with number one of just in general, I mean, I don't even know why. Showering after yeah, sex. showering after um, sex. Should we be showering? Should is that when you know people are using then summer's eve wipes and calling it a damn day? You know what? What does that right. look like post sexual encounter of really any type? You know whether it be penetrative or oral. Right. I say if you have the energy, shower. <laughs> if you have the energy, but you're not going to die. Um, I don't always shower after sex, and I'll tell you what. By the way, for my track record. Um, I, when I first started having sex, probably like a month or two months after I got my first and my only yeast infection. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was hell on earth, but I learned and I, whoo, when I tell you I was deep in Google, deep <laughs> in my Google bag. Okay. And I have not had a single infection of any sort since then. So what, I, what I'm talking about, I'm, I'm telling you, I have discovered the keys here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, back to the subject. Um, you don't always have to shower after sex. What I do is definitely pee. 100% you have to pee. Otherwise, you put yourself at a very, like, much more increased risk of getting an infection of some sort, especially a, a that you are at a high risk of getting a UTI. Um, which is stands for a urinary tract infection. Um, and that's because you have bacteria and just like gunk, sex gunk. That's all you can call it, honestly. Mm -hmm. Sex gunk built up at where you pee out of your urethra. And if you don't flush that out with urine, then, uh, you know, that could get affected. So you got to be careful with that because that can get bad. Um, I pee, I wipe with toilet paper, like the initial gunk. Um, and then I actually use, um, witch hazel pads that are designed for like postpartum. Okay. I use those to wipe because they're clean, safe, wet wipes. Like to me, this is like one of those common sense things that is so 
simple, but no one is doing it. Mm -hmm. If doctors and everyone in the world is telling a woman to use these witch hazel wet wipes after she gives birth, because it's safe for the vagina and it's healing and it's cooling and it's comforting, why wouldn't you recommend the same thing to women having sex? Right. right? No, absolutely. I wouldn't even have thought of that. And I've had a baby. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure you probably have those wipes. Yes. So yes. That's, you don't need any other wipes. Um, those are perfect. And you could buy them in bulk on Amazon for super cheap. Um, but anyways, that's what I use. And I even take a, um, a cup of cold water and I sit in the toilet and I like push my pelvis forward a little bit. And I literally just pour the cold water down to just like rinse that whole area without having to jump in the shower. And then I pat dry the whole area with toilet paper and I take my butt to bed in either commando or some cotton underwear. Cause it's, you know, nice and breathable. Right. I love that. Well, I think that's definitely a tip number one of the day that I will be doing is getting some more witch hazel. I'm going to need them anyway, but might as well right. use them now. <laughs> um, okay. So then part two, now we're talking about foul smell, maybe leading to then we're scared that we then quote taste bad. What right. is there really anything that women can do to, you know, eating pineapple? Right? I remember, <laughs> girl, that was like the thing in college. I it was know. like, ladies, we gotta get our pineapple. This get your pineapple. <laughs> get your pineapple. Yeah. And your cranberry juice. <laughs> Literally, right? yup. Um, is there really any truth to that? Is there truth to just anything other than really what you said, you know, just eating a balanced diet. Um, the truth to that is honestly, um, in the just regular nutritional value that a pineapple offers, which is just, you know, really great vitamin C and all of the benefits that a citrus fruit of any kind has. So no, there's no real truth to eating pineapples. It's really just the fact that you're probably introducing fruit to your diet that's not um, super packed with fruits or any natural food. So that's really the benefit or the effect that a lot of women are seeing. Mm -hmm. um, it really is important to just eat as many, like, okay, what I always say, and I even say this to my clients, eat the rainbow. You mm -hmm. want to be healthy. You want to taste good. You want to smell good eat the rainbow. And what that means is to eat foods from each color group on the rainbow, eat red foods, like red apples and red cabbage, eat orange foods, like oranges and pumpkin and squash, eat yellow foods, like bananas and lemons, etc, etc, etc. That is the key to tasting good. And I don't know if um, you or anyone listening can speak from experience if you have ever you know, had oral sex or performed oral sex on a man or a woman, but diet matters for both parties, for everyone involved. Um, and there can be a distinct taste. There's a distinct taste between someone who drinks monster energy drinks and hot Cheetos <laughs> every day and someone who eats, you know, is on a vegan diet and is actually eating like a lot of whole foods or vegetarian or whatever, you know, right. pescatarian, like, there's a way to be balanced and, you know, you don't have to give up everything. I still drink alcohol. I still drink coffee. I still, you know, eat meat, even though I'm this big vaginal health advocate because uh, I believe in moderation. But, um, yeah, those all these little like get rich quick schemes, mm -hmm. get a tasty 
coochie quick teams is not that is not real it's not real <laughs> oh my gosh well it looks like i'm going to be vegan moving forward um <laughs> no wonder why it's so trendy everyone thinks it's for like the health benefits when really it's just that good coochie right just want to taste good yeah no <laughs> hey can't blame them um okay well i love that so let's bounce backwards i have a few really good questions for my audience regarding constant infections. And I'll be open to my backstory, even in college. Um, I had a man that I was dating and was obviously intimate with, um, always protected. However, I had constant yeast infections for, girl, you said you had one, honey, I had them for like literally eight, eight months in a row. Like it, they oh would not, God. yeah, it did not leave. And it was to the point where they were going to have to put me on a, like an actual consistent medication. Right. Um, there was nothing else wrong. Pap smears were fine, you know, whatever. Um, but there was either two culprits. Number one, broke up with the guy and they never came back. Or, yeah, number two, at the time I was playing college volleyball, I wouldn't, mm -hmm. I wouldn't wear underwear with my spandex. And they would do our laundry for us. So mm. those were the only two things. However, I kept playing volleyball, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have mm. a few other women who have gone through the same thing where they're kind of speaking about having consistent yeast infections. Um, and for some, for, for the doctor says that her frequent yeast infections are from her partner's sperm pH. Um, mm -hmm. she's on birth control pills. This is just an example of one person, but does that mean that, you know, yeast infections will just constantly be reoccurring for her? Um, so to make it more of a broad answer for many people, can we talk about maybe the insight you might have on yeast infections, maybe being more reoccurring in the partner that you're with? Does that come down to cleanliness? Does that come down to trying different condoms? Could that be a lube issue? Could that, you know, where can you start if this is a problem that you're having. So a yeast infection is an imbalance in two different strains of bacteria. So there's two, there's a huge array of bacteria that live in your vagina. Um, it's what's called your vaginal flora or your microbiome in your, uh, in your vaginal canal. And essentially a yeast infection occurs when there's too much of one kind of bacteria. Um, and conversely, bacterial vaginosis is when, the, is when there's too much of another kind of bacteria. And so that's why they may feel like, you know, oh, I have intense itchiness and irritation and it hurts when I pee and there's stuff coming out of my vagina. Is it a yeast infection? Is it BV? Oh my God, I don't know. That's why they feel so similar. And there's some slight differences in like the coloring and symptoms presentation. Um, and you can actually do a a test, you know, when you go to the doctor to see what you have so they can treat it accordingly. But anyways, that is what the cause is, um, is something in something changes in your vaginal environment, and it causes this imbalance. And so we have to go back to hmm, what can change the way that my vagina is? Well, one, sticking something in it that is not friendly to the vagina, i.e. Um, a dirty penis, or a penis that has been mingling with someone else's microbiome and comes into yours unprotected. Mm -hmm. um, or even uh, 
sperm. So, you know, the pullout method isn't just to protect from pregnancy and using condoms is not just to protect from pregnancy. It can even protect your vaginal flora and reduce your risk of having your pH thrown off. So your, your pH um, is essentially the chemical environment on a scale of uh, one to 14. Your, your, the chemical environment that the molecules and organisms in your body like to live at. That's the simplest way I could put it, I guess. Um, and your vagina sits at about a, a 3.5 pH, if I'm not mistaken. And um, sperm can sit higher than that. I, I don't, it, it is basic. I'm like blanking right now. Um, but it, it is a little bit basic, which means it's like over seven or it's close to seven. Okay. Um, and that means that your vagina likes to be acidic. It likes to have a low pH and sperm likes to be a little bit more neutral and a little bit more basic. Um, and when you mix those together, you're kind of pushing your pH up and your vagina doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. your, your bacteria doesn't like to live in there. It's basically like if you live in your house and you love when it's 69 degrees and oh, you're nice and cool and you feel good. And then your man comes in the house and cranks it to 76. You're going to be mad. You're going to be sweating you're not going to be happy, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's kind of what happens when you introduce sperm to your to your vagina. Um, I'm so glad I just thought of that. That'd be a great infographic. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's what a yeast infection is. That, that's what happens. And that's one thing that can happen is, a, you know, sperm throwing it off. And now I want to go back to what I said about introducing somebody else's microbiome. So the only argument that people with the less sexual partners have is the fact that yes bacteria can be carried and your microbiome is altered when you have sex with a new partner okay because bacteria is not something that's a one and done kind of thing um people's microbiomes are very unique to them it's like their own fingerprint in their vaginas and in their body and so when you have sex with, you know, Tom, Dick, and Jane, and nobody else has had sex with these people, this, you know, specific array. It's like you have your own personal Petri dish going on in your vagina. I know it sounds so like weird and gross almost, but I mean, it's the truth. So even after the fact, we're talking. Yeah, it's, it's, a, one and, it's a one and done. And you will yeah. still always have had sex with Dick. Yes, yes. <laughs> Got it. And, and, pieces of that person's bacteria and pieces of the bacteria that that person has had sex with very well may be living in your body, okay. you know? And so that's why I think that's where the whole like sex ties and soul ties and like that whole gets rooted in that idea. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, having more sexual partners does expose you to a greater array of, you know, specific strains of bacteria and make makeups of bacteria. And that can cause an issue for you if you do have a sensitive vagina. Some people do, some people don't. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's one piece of it that's like actually internal. Another piece could be that your hormones on their own are causing an imbalance and are not, you know, uh, working well with your vagina. And so sometimes it's really nice to get tested for your hormone levels and see if, Hey, am I at an increased risk or a predisposed risk of this stuff? Because I have 
a certain level of estrogen and a certain mm -hmm. level of progesterone, which are very common hormones for women and vagina owners. Um, and so that's something that you have to figure out if like, let's say for your example, Des, um, if you left a guy, you stop playing volleyball and you're still getting these infections, it may be time to look at your hormones. Right. Um, that's what that means basically. And um, it sucks that it has to come to that, you know, that you have to like drop all the things that you do and, you know, change your life very drastically to get to that point. But that's kind of how it goes. You, you really are like kind of shooting in the dark um, when it comes to finding out the cause. Okay. But oftentimes a yeast infection comes because, you know, you had sex and your body did not like something um, or you didn't clean up properly and things were allowed to sit and fester and, you know, not uh, exit properly. And um, you got infected. And that is kind of the, the end all be all of a, of a yeast infection. Um, and diet and exercise can play a role as well. It plays a role more so in like reoccurring Okay. infections um so if you keep having it you may need to be looking at you know how much water am i drinking how many veggies am i eating you know i may need to drop the ramen noodles and pick up you know some some real high quality food okay so so yeah. what about because like for example i'm speaking from my experience if you're consistently using condoms yeah could their number one be an issue with the the condom and or number two could we then backtrack to foreplay could there be dirty fingers not washing hands before are those things that could also introduce um that opportunity for infection to fester yes yes and yes <laughs> so um yeah condoms have been known to throw off women's phs and you know uh, cause infection. There are certain ones like basically all the big brands like Trojan, um, Magnum condom, like all of those have been known to, oh, what are they called? Durex, right? Mm -hmm. Durex has been known um, to cause infections as well. Obviously not for everyone, but their, their ingredients are not the best. There are some good brands out there um, and I can give them to you after, yeah. after we're done. Um, but yes, condoms can do that. And what was the second part? Um, if you're using like fingers. So like, let's go back to oh, foreplay. Right. Yep. Yes. Foreplay. If you wouldn't put it in your mouth, you shouldn't be putting it in your vagina. Oh, first of all. Yikes. So <laughs> think about, think about where the, that person's hands have been, where was he or she just petting the dog and now, now they want to finger you. Let's think about that. Let's reevaluate that. Right. Because you wouldn't put your hands in your mouth after touching the floor or after, you know, going to the bathroom and not washing your hands. Like, I'm, that's a thing, apparently, right. that guys do. They don't wash their hands after they pee. No. Um, not all guys, but some guys. And it's like, you know, we need to make sure that we're doing that. Did you just eat a bunch of hot Cheetos and now you want to go down on me? Like, you know, mm -hmm. these are things we have to think about and be very, very intentional about. Um, and so that's why it's like, Things like public sex, things like, you know, getting hot and heavy in the middle of, you know, dinner or the middle of cooking are just like not super practical for vaginal health because like things have to pause. You're like, wait, did you wash your hands? Wait, right. did you wait, did you do this? And so I'm finding more and more that like the movies and the books are all lying, totally impractical. Or they got, or they got constant infections. These yes, girls are struggling. 
<laughs> yes. And they're just not telling us. I mean, that is oh. just the truth of it all. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, you need to make, and guys need to make sure that they're like fingernails. There's no dirt under your fingernails, that they're trimmed down, you know? Mm-hmm. And they say that a good way to check pro tip guys, anybody listening who fingers themselves or other people, um, if you take your finger that you're going to finger with and you put it inside your mouth and you rub your cheek, if you can feel your nail on the inside of your cheek, then it's too long to go in the vagina. Oh, gosh. I hope my girls with acrylics are not fingering themselves. I hope we yeah, have some Yeah, and if motorized. they are, they have a finger condom. Oh, Use okay. a finger Fair. condom or something. Oh, my gosh. So, so yeah. segueing now into toys, Yes. how are we cleaning those? Because... I know personally when I use mine, I'm always post shower. Mm-hmm. What does that does it quote matter? How often do you clean them? I feel like I've I've looked on the company's website, but still, just to reiterate, what what is the best way to take care of you after taking care of you? <laughs> um, so yeah, you definitely want to clean your toys after you use them every single time, just because. Um, that bacteria that's in your vagina and just the fluids and juices and everything can, they are like, well, I guess they're not technically living because it's bacteria, but when you expose them to the world, there's dust and there's a bunch of little microscopic things that we can't see that can then attach to it. And so it's very important that you're cleaning your toys before you use them, right before you use them, because they can collect dust or they can get stuff on them that you don't want near your vagina. And it's important that you clean them afterward. And um, just using a, you know, like a regular neutral soap, like the same thing that you'd use to clean your body or a regular ass antimicrobial soap, um, like a hand soap too, is fine with water and just make sure that you clean it. You can clean it with your hands. I clean mine with my hands. Like I just like, you know, run it under the water and I like rub it down with my hand. Um, and that's how I clean it. And then I just pat it dry or rub it dry with a towel or, uh, some TP. And, and that's all that I do. Um, in terms of like taking care of yourself afterward, it's the same thing because, you know, hopefully you got a little messy, a little, wet and fluids are somewhere. And um, it's important that you're cleaning that off of you in the same way, you know, your own gunk can cause an infection as well. You know, people think that just because all these parts are very close to each other, that it doesn't matter that you keep them separate. But the things that come out of your butt do not belong near your vagina. And the things that come out of your vagina do not belong near your urethra, your your pee pee hole. Okay, so all those things need to be kept clean and clean separately okay absolutely yeah so now that we're talking about again taking care of ourselves now we're getting into how we take care of one another sex Mm -hmm. um all of a sudden we're you know having different partners or we're with the same partner let's talk a little bit postpartum again it's a little bit not even postpartum i actually got a few people ask that haven't even had children or would, you know, classify themselves as, oh, I've had vaginal trauma, so to speak. Right. Um, what is occurring when we are constantly having pain? So for example, help with painful sex, 10 months postpartum, C-section, literally can't mm-hmm. handle the tip. That's what one person says. Another yeah. one just says, um, super uncomfortable um, in certain positions, um, like it's punching my cervical wall. Um, any help or, you know, d- just you. different things occurring um, along with 
dryness, you know, what, mm-hmm. what can we use for dryness? Um, stuff like that. So like, let's just talk like sex from maybe more of a woman's perspective on um, how we can make sure we're staying lubricated, pain-free, and then what to do if that does occur. Yes. So I want to talk first about the C-section mom, because there's a huge misconception in the pelvic floor's role mm-hmm. in birth and pregnancy. And that is that, oh, if you had a C-section and your pelvic floor is fine, I don't yep. need to go see a pelvic floor therapist because I didn't push a baby out of my vagina. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Your pelvic floor's job when you give birth is to get the hell out of the way to let this baby out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that. Your pelvic floor is a group of muscles that support all the things in your pelvis, i.e. your uterus, your bladder, your anus. Um, And when your pelvic floor gets too strong, like when your pelvic floor is strong and you've been doing Kegels, then that means that it is tight. (laughs) That's why a lot of women, you'll hear about Kegels. Oh, do your Kegels so you can be tight. A lot of women are often too tight. That's Mm. my case. I am a woman with a too tight pelvic floor because I am super stressed. I am super anxious all the time. I'm a Virgo. Hello. (laughs) Um, And so I have a super tense pelvic floor and I have to go see a therapist about it. And that's considered a hypertonic pelvic floor when it's too tense and it's too tight. This type of woman does not need to be doing Kegels. This woman needs to be doing stretches and a lot of stretches. And that is a common pain point for sex in general. But I wanna go back to the C-section mom real quick because the damage and trauma that is done to your pelvic floor is not really done during birth. It's done over the course of those nine months because as you, as baby is growing and as your body is rearranging, another piece that's rearranging is your uterus. And what is your uterus sitting in? A little muscle hammock called your pelvic floor. And so as your baby is weighing down and pushing down um, and lowering and dropping all these things, your pelvic floor is just having more and more strain on it. So that's why a lot of physical therapists, and I actually went live with um, a physical therapist a while ago, and she explained this really well, um, where she said, you know, that's why you want to strengthen your pelvic floor in the first and second trimester so that it can be prepared for that big weight that's coming in the third trimester. But then in the third trimester, you really want to start stretching that pelvic floor and making sure that you are able to control your your movement so that when it's time for baby to come out you can relax your pelvic floor so Mm. that it's out of the way because what happens during birth and i'm sure you can relate to this um is you start to run from the pain you know oh yeah once once those contractions (laughs) come you you want to tighten up you're like no 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 get back in there get back in there you know like almost sucking up oh yeah and and that that is the sign of of someone who's not in super control of their pelvic floor. And that can cause labor to delay or stall out. And so you want to make sure you have good control over your pelvic floor and that comes with stretching. So to C-section mom who just the tip hurts is because your pelvic floor is probably really, really tight and you need to go see a pelvic floor physical therapist, period. Like that's what you need to go do or talk to your gynecologist to get a referral not your gynecologist, your OB. and get that referral and, you know, make sure that you work through that. And that's just like something that I have seen as a doula 
with my clients and with other people's clients that that's always the case. It's just your pelvic floor is in complete disarray. Um, and no one is taking care of our C-section moms because no. they think there's this misconception that because you didn't have a vaginal birth, not traumatic. Oh, it's a surgery. Let's just treat it like, you know, like surgery and that's it. Like it didn't affect the other parts of your body. And it, and it absolutely did. Um, so yeah. And I've been there. I've had just the tip hurt many a times and it's because my pelvic floor was super, super tight. So that's just from my own experience. Yeah. Um, well, and I think it's important too, to remember, um, and I'm sure you'll get into this too, but like sex, some positions, and I mean, you, you can go into your education, I'm sure is not like the ideal, if you're thinking of how it needs to go in, maybe not always going to be, Ooh, that feels <laughs> fantastic. However, sex isn't supposed to hurt. You know what I mean? It's not supposed right, to hurt. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I'll let you carry on, but I just think yeah. me coming from postpartum, um, you know, you're like, oh, well, I did just have a baby. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. It's not supposed to hurt. Right. So what needs, what do we need to fix? It's really not. And that's, that's one thing that blows people's minds as well. It's like, what if I told you that sex doesn't have to hurt ever? Right. And they're like, ever. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you that, you know, and, and you're totally right. Especially speaking to um, the person who was asking about sex positions and it feels like your cervix is being rammed into. Um, yeah, been there, done that. Yes, I feel you. And that's totally real. And um, my when I took this to my doctor, that there are certain positions that are less ergonomic for the body. And one of those is doggy style. So being on all fours and him coming from behind or, you know, her coming from behind. Um, and that is because your vaginal canal stretches when you're having sex, right? When you're sexually aroused, it, it expands to make room for a penis. <laughs> like that's just what happens. And um, certain positions like doggy are not super conducive to that. Now I made a post about the most painful sex positions and I got filleted in the comments of people being like, oh no, that's my favorite position. That's my favorite position. I'm like, okay, good for you. Good for you. That's you. Okay. But all these other thousands of women are not lying. Okay. So let's keep it pushing. And that just goes to show that like, just cause something doesn't work for one person doesn't mean it's going to not work for you. So that was my biggest fear when I was preparing to have sex for the first time. Mm -hmm. I, I was deep in Google. I was interviewing people like, what was your first position? What's the, what's the most painful position for you? What's the best position for you? And every single sex position is someone's favorite or someone's least favorite. Mm -hmm. So you really do have to experiment for yourself. Um, and just a spoiler alert, sorry, mom and dad, if you listen to this, <laughs> but you know, the position that worked for me for my first time was being on top mm -hmm. because I needed that control in order to relax. And sometimes that's the issue as well when it comes to certain sex positions like missionary, where you're not in control as the receiver or in doggy style, you're really not in control, you know? Right. Um, and, and the other person usually, you know, if it's a man, he's just feeling good. You know, he's just feeling good. And if you are not communicating, ow, stop, this hurts, then he's going to keep going because to him, you know, no news is good news, right? That's kind of right. how that goes. Um, and so it's very important that you are communicating and 
finding the positions that work for you. If you're finding that all positions don't work, then you may need to go to a, well, you probably need to go to therapy anyway, a physical therapist. Um, I think that every person should go to pelvic floor physical therapy, honestly. Um, but that is what you need to do. I had another point as well. Oh, there are things that you can use, by the way, and your pelvic floor physical therapist will get into this even more. But there are these things, they almost, I would, I would nickname them a cock block, honestly, because that's really what they do. But they're basically like these rings that the man can put on his penis and it like, it blocks, it physically blocks how much of his penis can go inside of you. Interesting. So, so it will make, so, you know, if you're doing doggy or whatever, and he's just like going, 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 he doesn't have to be careful about overdoing it, especially if he's, you know, very endowed or whatever. Um, he doesn't have to worry about overdoing it and hitting your cervix uh, because he has that ring on that, you know, blocks how much can go in and it stimulates and it makes it feel, it gives him that feeling of fullness and it gives you that freedom to, you know, not necessarily have super slow sex, but also not have your cervix rammed into. And, so. and that's also where you can think about size and how it really can also dictate your experience. <laughs> um, because it, you know, obviously all men are also created different, just like all women are. Um, so that can, right. yeah, I would only assume that can obviously throw a little wrench in certain experiences you might have too. So yes, what about then self-lubrication? Um, I remember girl, I don't, when I was 19 college, I was wet at the drop of a fucking hat. I would, I mean, I would see my, at the time boyfriend, right. I'd see why it come in from football just, and I'd be already dripping, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden here I am 26 going on 27 next year and things have changed. You know, it's hard. It's hard for my body to produce the same way. My hormones are very different. I'm also pregnant again. So now I'm like wet all the time, which is a whole nother pregnancy thing. Um, however, it's different in that sexual experience. So if you're a woman that is having a little bit more vaginal dryness, Number one, is there an issue? Is there something we need to be resolving? And then number two, how can we make it better? What kind of products can we use that are going to be then safe for that vaginal pH in our experience down south? Yes. So first, vaginal dryness is normal. And, you know, dry spells, no pun intended, are totally real. And that's a thing that sometimes you go through certain phases in your life that you know cause you to be less lubricated and sometimes there is an issue like oh you're super anxious or you're depressed or you're dealing with you know a lot of stress that can cause you to not produce as much natural lubrication and then again to your your food and water intake what you are eating you are what you eat if you're eating dry cheetos dry processed foods then you're maybe not giving your body the ingredients it needs to produce wetness right Mm -hmm. um if you're not drinking enough water or you're only drinking coffee and you know sugary drinks and soda then you're probably not producing as much wetness as you could be so there's a lot of things and also your hormones play a huge role in it as well honestly your whole body is dictated by hormones but your your vagina especially there's a lot of things that go into hormones so i actually um had a a hormone test because uh in my family on the woman's side 
we have a lot of hormonal issues just mm-hmm. like as a family. And so I was like, you know, I noticed some things. I got on birth control because of my irregular periods and my doctor put me on birth control at 17 straight away. And um, I realized, hey, I don't think I want to be on this thing. It makes me depressed and it makes me not feel like myself. So I'm going to get off. And then I noticed that my periods are irregular again. I'm noticing some other things. So I got a hormone test and I learned about my hormones and I do have an imbalanced um, hormone like makeup, I guess you could say. And so that's something that I had to navigate because that's something I noticed. I'm like, hmm, I'm 20. Oh my gosh, I'm 23. My goodness. I was going to say 21. Lord, (laughs) (laughs) I'm 23. I guess it is, it's not time for me to dry up yet, but not necessarily dry up, but um, as you get older, first of all, yeah, you will not get wet as easily. That's just life, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, your hormones play a huge role and your hormone imbalance can be a thing as well. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, if we learn how to work with our hormones at a young age, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because Mm -hmm. I'm finding that a lot of people do have imbalanced hormones um, and are finding out really, really late in life. And it's like, if we took more time in sex education or just in health education to learn this stuff and say, hey, if you have a progesterone dominance, then maybe you should be doing this, this, this and avoiding this, this, and this, these kind of foods and stuff or whatever, for any of these type of hormone disorders. Um, And so to me, that plays a huge role in vaginal dryness and in all of this in general. But what you can be doing is obviously, like I said, eating better, water, um, better foreplay, masturbating to learn what you like more, because it very well may just be a, you know, that sexual thing Mm -hmm. um and that doesn't mean you know break up with your boo because you know he can't get you going that's not what that means it just means communicate in the bedroom hey that doesn't work hey i don't like that there may be some heart bruised you know egos but um at the end of the day it's like do we want to have a good sex life or do we want to keep pretending or me having painful sex you know as Mm -hmm. a woman speaking in this relationship um so that on an external platform, like what can you be introducing? There are a ton of great lubes out there. All of the popular lubes suck, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, I'm trying to think of some names right now. I know like, I K- like KY. Yeah, KY sucks. The Direct one sucks. Astroglide sucks. Um, they're all like, well, first of all, they have bad ingredients. And as someone who has used Astroglide, I find that it dries up and it ends up like hurt. Like it produces friction after it dries up. It doesn't leave you slick and it's like very uncomfortable. And I'm finding that quite a few other women are saying that about the big name brands as well. So another, uh, so some lubes that have been recommended by gynecologists and all of the vagina health gurus out there um, is Good Clean Love. It comes in like a green bottle and it's sold in some grocery stores now, commercial stores. Um, it's a little expensive for lube, but you know, it's worth it. And it's natural ingredients. Um, I think it's made out of like aloe vera or something like that. Okay. Don't quote me on that, but I, I'm pretty sure it's natural ingredients. Um, another one is Coconu, which is a, a coconut oil based one. Um, but there are quite a few other water-based lubes that are good and oil-based lubes. Um, 
And of course, just using regular ass oil. If you are having, you know, non-condom sex, then using regular ass coconut oil is safe and good for your vagina. Mm-hmm. Like fact check me if you want. That is facts. You know, I think, yeah, my gynecologist <laughs> even told me that at one point she was like, as you get back into, you know, sex postpartum, feel free to just use some coconut oil if you're finding any, you know, dryness or whatever. So right. yeah, you're, I, you, I, fact check but i think you are good (laughs) do not use oil if you are using condoms do not use oil that's a slippery mess are using condoms oil will degrade the condom and put you at risk of getting pregnant please if you don't hear anything else in this podcast (laughs) please take this few sentences away (laughs) just hear that because it's so easy to say oh great coconut oil boom i got that in my kitchen let's go and yeah, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> I saw your TikTok Literally. actually at, randomly. I saw your TikTok oh. about you say condoms and you got pregnant. Oh yes. my gosh. I was like, is that Des? Oh my God. Is, I'm like, you paid. Tis, <laughs> tis I. Yeah, I, it was funny that that TikTok ended up doing pretty well, which I'm not surprised just because it's one of those things that everyone's fearful of. However, the amount of people arguing in the comment section over <laughs> the effectiveness of condoms, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, Oh my I'm like, oh my goodness, guys, it, it, things happen, like things happen. You know how many people get yeah. pregnant with IUDs in uh, on birth control? Right. Whatever. Anyways, it's like nothing's ever a hundred percent. You just, you, you just, you figure it out. But exactly. um, I'm like, anyway. welcome to the 1%. I know. Well, <laughs> welcome to the people that it happens to like, oh my gosh. Um, okay. So last part that I want to get into, and um, I'm sure that a lot of women are loving this episode. I know I am. Cause it's like, it's just so fun to talk about things that we get, right. It's like, you, yes. when, I, when I say, girl, I have so much discharge. You're like, Oh, I feel you. Me too. Like it's just a woman to woman thing that you 100% get vagina to vagina. We are like, you know, we get it. So last thing I want to talk about, I feel like is also a very hot topic is overall, um, again, we're kind of going back to cleanliness, but when we're talking about shaving, um, we're talking Mm -hmm. about waxing, we're talking about sugaring, we're talking about lasering, we're talking about how much hair needs to be down there. Does there need to be hair down there? What, what -hmm. is going on down there? And if we are shaving, if we are taking care of ourselves, how are we, how can we reduce, um, ingrown hairs? You know, I have a, a few women on here that have mentioned just having terrible ingrown hairs, um, some of them to the point of like just being huge and very worrisome. Um, what is that coming down to in terms of maybe the wrong products that they're using, the wrong razors? Is there a suggestion? Is there, what, what is there? You tell me. Yes. So first of all, your hair serves a purpose. Um, I am a firm. There are very few things in the human body that are here for no reason. And your hair is not one of them. So your hair can actually protect you from, you know, back way back when we were living clothes, you know, without clothes and in the woods and all that, whatever. It was to protect our, you know, bits from infection, from bacterial infection and from bugs and parasites and all that kind of stuff. That's what the hair, you know, that's what it serves. And it also protects the sensitive skin um, of your vulva from you know, the rough exterior of underwear or cloth or denim or whatever. Um, That's what your hair does. It it protects you and it traps anything that might be trying to go in your vagina and, you know, hurt you or just, you know, find its own home and lead to infection. That's what your hair does. It is it protects you. It acts as a protector. 
Um, and so removing all of it does put you at an increased risk of infection. Um, and also chafing, it can lead to a lot of chafing that is very, very mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And as someone who has had full bush and been bald eagle, both ends, I have to say, I'm a huge fan of having a bush and just trimming it. Like, I think that regardless of style, even though like apparently bush is back, I've seen people say that like in magazines and articles, bush is back, like <laughs> bush is um, back. Yes, like having hair down there is the new wave. It's back. Like it's trendy now. Like it was in the 70s, I guess. Um, but that's neither here nor there. You should keep your hair no matter what, not because of a trend. Um, but it, it does serve a purpose. And I find that it's less upkeep and it's easier. However, I do have a foolproof way of shaving. If you are so dead set on it or you're self-conscious or you're like, you know, screw you, I want to shave. Okay, <laughs> fine. That's your business. You know, whatever. I'm not going to just leave you hanging. Um, and so, and I'm, I'm going to make a post about this as well that actually shows you how to shave. But I use a twin blade razor so that I'm less susceptible to cutting myself. Um, and I only shave over an area one time. So if you like, don't go over the same spot over and over and over. That's how you get an ingrown hair. Mm -hmm. And when you are shaving, like, you know, like I have the palm of your hand, shave from top to bottom, front to back. Um, and I have shaved, when I shave in the shower, I put my leg all the way up to like, like up against the shower wall, basically, so that Fair. my skin is very taut because you don't want your skin to be like flabby. That's how you can get cut, right? Um, and yeah, I pull the hair to the, like I pull my skin taut and I use, when I first started shaving, I used conditioner. I used like a neutral hair conditioner because I didn't want to use um, shaving cream because it was so like irritating. And then I discovered, oh wow, there are like, shaving creams that are specific for shaving this area. Um, and I haven't actually used those because I don't really shave down there anymore. If I do, I shave like just the very like bikini line. Um, but yeah, I, I used conditioner and I didn't get infection or anything crazy. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but that's just my experience. And that's how I was taught actually by my girlfriends. They said, just use a very like natural, neutral conditioner. Um, I, I use high quality hair conditioner anyways, but yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it. I'm just saying that's what I did. That's my <laughs> two cents, you know, disclaimer. Um, but yeah, that's what I did. And then you, you rinse it all off. And what I did as well is I would put um, baby powder, um, talc free baby powder. Cause you know, we're not here for the carcinogens. Um, and I would put baby powder to dry the whole area because that's another thing that can lead to ingrowns is excess moisture that's left mm. down there. And it's hard to get your vulva super dry. It's hard, it's just difficult. Um, and so I would put baby powder like all around, not you know in or on the hole, but just around the area. And that would get it really dry. And then I'd let myself air dry for a little bit, you know, whatever, lotion, the rest of my body. And then I would go back with coconut oil and I would moisturize my vulva with coconut oil. And that is what I did. And that is what kept ingrowns away from me. Um, and I have had ingrowns before. Actually, when I had my yeast infection, I was battling two, three ingrown hairs and two of them got infected. So I had a 
yeast infection, and two infected ingrown hairs on my vulva. That was hell. Jeez, that would hurt so bad. Yeah, it, I, it did. I remember having, there was probably one, like, you know, your definitive experience where you're just like, damn, I remember that one time. Mm-hmm. And it was like a quick shave because I had to go to the, you know, I was going to the pool and I was like, oh, fuck. You know, I forgot. You're, you're sitting there, you're doing it real quick. And then, you know, t- a few hours later, you're like, son of a bitch. I shouldn't have done that. Um, right. So I definitely, I know I've always shaved because I feel like in college, that's what all my girlfriends did. We all showered together mm-hmm. um, for volleyball. You know, we had communal showers and it was just like everyone was shaved. And at the point, at that point, I hadn't really had a lot of sexual experience. So for me to do that for quote a man, right. I'm doing it for the, the look, right. To be more pleasing. Right. Um, I guess I was like, Oh yeah, it makes sense. Um, I also played volleyball and like I told you, I didn't wear underwear. So having any form of hair was almost like uh, annoying. Um, And and like I said, though, I didn't wear underwear. So um, during that time, I can definitely say um, it was important for me to stay clean. But as I obviously got in a committed relationship, got married um, after I did some laser removal, but you know, it doesn't always get everything. And I also never got to finish because I got pregnant, but um, there's still enough that comes back to where I'm like, I just don't care anymore. It's we're good. As long as you're clean, it's very like it's men have beards. The fuck it's the same thing. You know what I mean? You just stay clean. That's, that's something that, you know, I had to have a conversation with, you know, with, with my boyfriend and even seeing on TikTok guys, like, guys are in to hair and there's no reason for our vaginas to look like little girl vaginas with no hair on them we are grown women you know to get on a you know yeah i'm going there i'm going there um our vaginas do not need to look like naked little vaginas no Mm -hmm. we are women we are grown we have hair we have gone past puberty hello and yeah, you're going to see this. Like that's, that's just what it is at, at the end of the day. And that's something that like my boyfriend communicated to me. He was like, yeah, I don't love the naked. It's kind of weird. And I'm like, okay, so you're not a creep. That's good. Right. <laughs> I feel like it, for me, it was more the insecurity of going to a pool, going to yeah. a beach. And I feel like at that point, it's not like it was really understood how to quote trim enough to where it wasn't like, a full shave. Like it was almost like you either go hard or you go home. Like there was no understanding. And it's at that point, I feel like I wasn't also comfortable asking like, Hey, how do I trim just for summer? You know, it was, it was just like, okay, well, I don't want to ask anyone. And so I'm just going to like do it all. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, and real quick as well, I want to touch on this really quickly. Um, if you ever have an ingrown hair, you should use a warm compress, i.e. a rag in some hot water, wring it out and put that bad boy sitting on your vagina, like be sitting, laying on your bed, legs open, put, lay that warm rag on that um, ingrown hair. And then, you know, just keep cleaning yourself as normal. Do that for like 10 minutes, like twice a day, one time in the morning, one time at night, and that ingrown hair will go away and it won't get infected. Um, I love that. And then also... If you are going to the pool and or the beach or whatever, if and having sex, you should be shaving or trimming or doing whatever like 24 hours to 48 hours in advance. You should not be going mm-hmm. straight into a dick appointment after shaving. Like I know that's a whole thing and it's very common and it's life. It happens. But 
that should not be the 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 status quo and if you can avoid it if you know you're going to the beach in two days then you don't want you you don't need to have that fresh shave okay it's okay and you shouldn't be shaving that often anyways that it's going to grow back like crazy immediately um you know if you've ever gone into a pool or the beach after shaving immediately it stings a little bit you know because mm-hmm. you have micro abrasions these micro little cuts on your skin and so those need time to heal so you don't get an infection or anything or like you know just hurt um so yeah 48 hours if you can before you have sex or before you go to the beach or whatever um i remember i shaved don't ask me why so i did one of those like like submersion pools you know those like floating pools yes like the pods um i did one of those and they packed the water with salt before right. yep and i don't know why i shaved completely for this okay oh, I, was, no. I, was young, I completely shaved everything like that morning that was not a peaceful experience for me because when i tell you my vagina was on a fire oh my god my vulva excuse me was on fire i was in so i was so irritated and like itchy and just in so much pain it was awful literally no Um, relaxation no no relaxation (laughs) i was like i don't think i like that i don't think i like that and i I couldn't even disclose right i felt so embarrassed about it and um i was like yeah i don't think i'm gonna go back oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh Um, well a lot lessons learned that is 100% right right um but but anyways back to the trimming so I taught myself how to trim nobody taught me how to trim I just did it myself and I used those little baby scissors that come in like the manicure kit yes like the ones you use to cut your cuticles I use those and I even have a set that has like um they don't have a pointy end and so you're not you're you're even like more safe from cutting yourself on accident and I literally and this is I'm being so transparent right now. You are. I <laughs> like I'm being so transparent. This is like a guilty pleasure. Like trimming my pubes. You're is like, a guilty pleasure. You're like your own <laughs> cosmetologist. Yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. I feel like Edward Scissorhands trimming the bushes. Like this is amazing. <laughs> and I literally just sit on the toilet. Um, or I'll sit, I'll, I'll lay on my bed with a mirror, like a hand mirror, and just like prop it up. And I will uh like go to the, the hair. Yeah, I'll I'll pull the hair like between my fingers and just trim it and cut it. And I just get it like as close as I can safely and that's it. And I I trim what I can see. I shave my bikini line and I call it a day and that's all that I do. I love that. That sounds so relaxing, so peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> a little day it at the is. spa. <laughs> it is. It's, oh. it's nice. <laughs> well, I love that. Um, man, I feel like there's so much more you can talk about. Um, I know. and I feel like girl talk is always so fun too, but that is a good thing because you are in the stages of starting your own podcast. Yes. And I have I'm... a start date. Finally. Yay. Oh my gosh. Yay. <laughs> well, okay. Don't share it just in case something happens. We're going to manifest a start date, but I can put all the information in the show notes. Um, We can make sure that, you know, guys, if you're looking, number one, I'm going to be sharing your information on the Brunch with Desby Instagram today as well as my personal. However, um, show notes, guys, everything's going to be listed there um, along with her upcoming podcast. Um, And then once that goes live, that I'll link that directly. So the show notes will then be updated. So stay tuned um, or keep coming back or obviously follow Lydia so that you are on top of it. Um, yes. But I'm so excited. And we got to sit down and talk and 
enjoy uh, such a fun, transparent topic um, that I feel like, you know, a lot of women, even if we knew, sometimes it's just nice to listen and just be like, yeah, we all have that. You know, like, right. yeah, I remember I went through that once. Wow. Like I'm normal too. Um, mm-hmm. cause it's just not talked about enough. So again, you have Lydia has so many great sources on her page of just, um, STI testing slash STD, um, cleanliness, postpartum care, perinatal care. Every, I mean, you, you really do it all for women. And, and I really love that, especially if you're someone, um, if you're a empowered black woman here, this is also your girl to feel very comfortable in a space with. Um, and she is, like you said, offering all that education, for everyone. So very excited. If you have a vagina, let's just call it that. If you have a vagina, Lydia is your girl. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, I'm so glad we got to talk today. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get your podcast up and going and then we can listen to girl talk every week, which is just going to be so fun. Um, I'm excited for you to start that and, um, I'll make sure to transfer all of my people over to you because you deserve it and you have a lot of great education to share. Thank you so much. I appreciate you reaching out and I appreciate you for even like welcoming me onto your podcast. I mean, this was so much fun. I could talk all day, as you can tell. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> and and I plan on, you know, down the line, but thank you so much. It feels so good to, you know, talk and be able to have a voice on a, on a bigger platform and share this info because it's so vital. Like if I had it my way, I would have a megaphone going into everyone's house screaming Absol- this info. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I hope that our listeners got a lot out of today. And even if it was stuff they might have known, hopefully it was just things. If they took anything from it, don't use lube. Don't use coconut oil with your condoms, right? That's the one right. thing we need a girls to take out of it. Um, so I hope that you have a great day. Um, and again, I'm going to route everyone with all your information in the show notes. Um, and we'll make sure that we catch up soon. Yes, ma'am. Sounds like All a right. plan. Talk later. Bye bye. All right. Bye. All right, you guys, I, I literally fucking told you that you would love that episode. And I, I know I wasn't wrong. Um, I didn't even, we didn't, <laughs> I didn't even want to stop recording. Like I was like, I could talk about this all day. Um, it was so fun. So much good and valuable information. I think something I walked away with Um, that I just wasn't really like I knew, but I didn't put into like actual thought process was the piece about soaps, bar soap to gel soap, to foam soap. Um, very interesting to me. Um, and something I didn't think about, about, you know, especially using it down there. Um, so that was awesome. Um, really, really loved that episode. Um, so sorry that there was no um, episode last week. Um, but I hope that you guys really loved this one. If you did like, honestly, please leave me feedback, like go drop me a DM, email me. If this is like kind of conversation you'd like me to have every so often, like I would love to bring on and try to find like sexual health experts, sex experts, um, stuff like that, you know, cause I feel like I don't really see a lot of it. And if there's anything I've ever really seen, I know that, um, girls got to eat had a really good episode on sexual health before, um, in BDSM. Um, I feel like I've seen them do a few other ones. Those are pretty much my favorite podcast though, is girls got to eat. Um, but I will say the only other thing that I feel like I really see was like the old school call her daddy when they would just talk about sex and like being a hoe and being, you know, cheating, but like not in a, (laughs) 
not in like a educational way besides like how to give good head. So I'm glad that I could bring this, um, to you guys as always, you guys know, hashtag sponsored better help. Um, if you guys are looking for therapy, that is affordable. Um, and therapy that you can also get financial assistance with better help is the answer for you within 48 hours or less. They will connect you with a certified therapist in your area who can help you with the need that you have. You can fill out a questionnaire and they match you. And guess what? If it's not a good match, you can keep finding a different therapist. It's so important to find that connection that is real. You guys can use Desby for 10% off of your first month. Okay. This is huge. Um, this is a huge savings to give you a month and you can also use them as much as you want in that month. Girl, you can text your therapist, message them, video call them every fucking day. If you wanted to, um, I personally had the plan where I could do one call a week, but outside of that, you can message them whenever you want. They give you worksheets, everything. It's awesome. So I've had nothing but a great experience going on a year working with BetterHelp. I've had two therapists simply just to switch it up, get a different perspective. So um, I hope that you guys have a great day. I can't wait to see you all next week. And if you fuckers aren't in four weeks for gains by next Sunday, literally sign off and don't fucking listen to this podcast ever again. Make sure you go follow Lydia. (laughs) Have a great Sunday and I love you guys.